0: What's going on, guys? Welcome into another edition of the Ask Tony Show. Guys, today we're going to do something that we're not supposed to do. We're going to break a cardinal rule of society. <laughs> We're going to talk about religion. And I'm so excited to have this conversation. We're going to talk about spirituality, church. Uh, and I brought the man for the job. We have Luis Saucedo in the house. He is a pastor. He is a speaker. Uh, he's traveled all over the United States giving spiritual messages. And he's in the house today. Luis, thank you so man. much for being here, my man.
1: Man, thank you. Thank you so much. It's I'm just honored to be here. Like it's... it's it's beautiful here. You and Ray have been amazing to me. So good to be here. Thank you so much for having me, and uh, thank you all for listening.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, I this is a conversation that I've been wanting to have for a long time. Yeah. Most of my content is geared around business. I've done you know content around art. Yeah, we've had you know sports, fitness, and things like that. But there's for me, I was I was raised in a religious household, and so the the topic of religion is 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 one that is heavy on my mind. I served a two year mission for my church in Honduras. And so the church has always been a part of my life, but as I've gotten older, I've seen the deterioration of religion, at least in in my immediate circle. And so kind of in a, really in a selfish way, I wanted to have this conversation with you. Um, We're blessed to have the cameras, but you know, I would love to have this conversation, even if it was just you and me, because I want to get your perspective on the role of religion in twenty
1: twenty two. Yeah, no. That's 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 great. And I think and, and it's funny because you say like we're breaking cardinal rules, right? Because <laughs> whenever you have conversations about religion, it's like a lot of people are like, Whoa, 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 like stop. You Don't know, talk about that. You know, where's the little X so I can mark it, you know, <laughs> I need to get out of this, get out of this conversation, yeah. you know, but and 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 it's intimidating, right? It's intimidating. Sometimes it can be hurtful. Some people have been hurt, you know, by by, by church, and and that's a reality. Like that's not, we're not saying that that doesn't exist. That does exist. Um, but it's such. I think it's a conversation that that's needed. I think a lot of people are want to have this conversation, but maybe they're afraid to. Or maybe they have questions and and they're afraid to ask. And so, um, you know, through this conversation, I hope that. You know, they find some insight and be able to, to ask questions. There's nothing wrong with asking questions or reaching out to somebody about uh, church or religion. Dun dun dun! You of know, course, like it's 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 something that's needed. I think it brings a lot of value. I think it brings um, not just value to the individual. I think it's, it's it's brings value to the family, to marriage, to relationships, to who you want to be in your community, um, to one's convictions. You know, uh, to the to the character of one. And so I think that uh, all those things kind of are injected into one and and God uses the church, you know, to, to empower those things. And so,
0: yeah, know, no, absolutely. Combo. And, and I've seen it so much in other aspects of life yeah. where joining a community, a like-minded community helps you get the result much faster. For sure. We as a society, we understand that in other contexts, but when it comes to religion, we feel like it's different. I'll give you an yeah. example. Uh, my brother is a boxing coach. Nice. And so he has a, he's built a very strong community of people that want to come in. They want to get in shape. You know, they don't know everything about boxing, but they love to come in. They know that it's going to help them be healthier. And so everybody in the room kind of is seeking the same thing. Mm -hmm. You've got maybe one dude that is way further ahead. He's got a good physique. And then you've got the single mom who needs to lose 40 pounds, (laughs) but they can all coexist in the same building. So true trying to accomplish the same thing. You see Perfect. the same thing in universities. I know that if I want to achieve a certain result of a certain career, I might have to go to college, you know, and they're going to be different people in the room from different places different with different experiences, but we're all working towards the same goal. Exactly. And it's better that way. That's, that's the way it's supposed to be. Well, when yeah. it comes to religion, we feel like we can accomplish the goal outside of, and there's seems to be this idea that you can be spiritual without being religious and vice versa. So true. What do you say to that?
1: So, true. well, you know, I, I wasn't born in a church, you know, I, I come from, I grew up from, I come from a dysfunctional family and I grew up seeing things that a kid shouldn't see. You know, my dad was an alcoholic, um, he was a drug user, drug dealer. My mom, um, who would do anything for her kids would just endure it, right? Like dysfunctional relationship. I've seen the effects of not having God in your life. I've, I've seen what it looks like, right? And and, and it was painful. Uh, there was dysfunction. Uh, we grew up really poor. I remember standing in line, man, waiting for government cheese, you know, down at, at the local community action or whatever. And it came in that cardboard box, you know, but best grilled cheese sandwich you ever had <laughs> in your life, though. I'll tell you that. Um, and if you know, you know, right. Um, but I didn't start going to church until I was 15, and to make a long story short, my mom was diagnosed with cancer. Um, at that time, as a 15-year-old, I didn't realize how big of a deal it was. I thought, well, you got cancer. Take some medicine. You'll be good, right? You know, we're, we're naive and, and young and immature. She started going to a church, you know, obviously looking for, looking for hope and looking for help and, and, and looking for healing. And, uh, you know, uh, this pastor, local pastor started coming and visiting her at the hospital, and and you know it was it was it was pretty scary because i remember seeing it's it's kind of funny like when people try to get away like i, I don't want to see I, want, I don't want my kids to see me crying right mm-hmm. but sometimes in their effort to do that it makes it more obvious like what they're doing and i remember seeing my mom crying so many times like alone just looking for hope trying to battle this my my dad was there but you know he really wasn't that you mm-hmm. know uh, big of a help or a support um, at that time and so you know she kind of had to battle this alone. She, this guy started coming and saying, "Hey, you know I, I just believe you know God God can heal if it's his will and you know um and he said, regardless, I just want to pray with you I just want to pray with you so she he prayed with her you know t- through that journey um, she got healed man you know 20 what is it man, I'm trying to do the math 25 years later or something like that she's still wow. she's alive doing well. Thriving, yes. you know, uh, my dad turned his life around, threw drugs away, alcohol, and all that stuff. Started coming to church, started, you know, uh, redeeming his time, you know, and stuff like that. And so that's how our church journey started. I remember going to church for the first time. It was a Spanish Pentecostal church. So I'm gonna tell you right now, that's the whole of the world. You know, we, <laughs> you know, we grew up Catholic and, and not really Catholic because we'd only go like on Christmas or Easter, and that was it. Like, but we called ourselves Catholics, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we're Catholics to the bone, yeah. whatever. Um, but I remember going to that first service and I was like, man, this is, this ain't like the Catholic church here. Like, this is, this is different, different. And um, my mom would go to church and she'd be like, I want y'all to come with me. I'd be like, no, nah, I don't want to go. I'm like, no, nah, you know, she's like, but well, I'll give you five bucks, ten bucks. So as a 15 year old back then, it was like, cool, five, ten bucks, let's do it. Go during an hour or two, you know, it ends up being like three or four. But, uh, You know, it was it was it was crazy. And that's that's kind of how my church journey started and sitting in that church you know, I really feel like God started to speak into my life. I really started to see the influence and the impact of church in my family, um, the impact of church on my parents' marriage and our relationship. Now, it doesn't mean we were perfect, like there's still struggle. Struggle is going to exist with or without church, right? Pain is going to be pain, with or without church. Like I think Ecclesiastes says, rain's going to hit everybody, the just and the unjust Mm -hmm. alike. And so we all have to go through life. But I was able to see the influence of church in a positive way in my family um, from them attending. You know, through that, I felt a call to go to Bible college in Dallas, Texas. Um, That's where I met my wife, you know, back in 2004. We just celebrated 18 years married, you know. This last weekend, you know, we have two daughters, Aubrey and Audrey, that are 13 and 15. Um, and our, our journey started there together, and that's where I felt the call to be like, "All right, we started serving as as youth pastors in a local church. We started serving as pastors in a local church. We've, we've planted two churches, um, so started them from the ground up. And so it's been a journey, and I've been able to see, like, you know, there's a lot of people that that. that you want to have this form of spirituality, um, without church. I think I I don't, I don't know how much I I would agree to that context because it's, it's almost, it's almost like you're looking for, for something. You're looking for the benefit without going to the source. Right. Um, and I don't think, and, and let me just say this, like, there is no perfect church. Um, Sometimes we, we want it to be perfect and everybody be loving and everybody's angels in there and everything. And, and when you find that church or somebody find it, let me know where it's at, you know. But the reality is that we're imperfect people and churches are led by imperfect people and that's okay. We're all just trying to get through, through life, this journey of life together. And we're all just trying to become better people. There's power, I, I believe, in community. I don't believe we were built to do life alone. I don't believe that we're built to go through this stuff alone. I believe that we're called into a relationship, you know, with God. Um, I believe that we're called to be in relationship with each other. I think that's why the Bible speaks about prayer, praying for each other so much, because I think God knew we were going to go through all this stuff together, and we were going to go through this stuff in life regardless. Um, and so I, I I really believe that if you really want to maximize um, One's relationship, or maybe start one's relationship with God. It doesn't mean that it has to start at a church, but there's definitely an empowerment and an impact and an influence that church brings um, to family, to marriage. And I think there were statistics that were just shared, and and, um, I wish I had them, but it showed percentages of of um, how people are thriving that go to church weekly, and it says marriages thrive more than ones that don't, you know, families thrive more than ones that don't. So, you know, we can say, you know, we can say a lot of bad things about church, but I think it's start to start saying a lot of good things about church and the things that that church is doing, not just for us as individuals, but also as communities, you know, and, and absolutely.
0: Like that, so. And I think that's why we're here. You just said it, you know, what are the benefits versus what are the downsides? Yeah. And so you, you said something key of people are imperfect. Yeah including church leaders. And I think that's where a lot of the issue is with a lot of people that I would like to dive a little bit more into, into how people can have the correct context of the church leader isn't flawless. He's not infallible. You know, he's still a human being that is going through his own life and people make mistakes. But for some reason, we want to judge so harshly the people that are in front of the room. right? And when I have had conversations with people that decide to no longer participate in church, there's two main reasons why. Number one, it's this idea of, I had an issue with this lady that is part of the congregation, (laughs) or the leader said something that I didn't like, or it's, it's, it's a problem with an individual in the building, but we blame the institution, Yes. and we leave the institution because there's somebody in there that we don't personally agree with. How do you think someone can handle that if they've had that negative experience to not generalize and say whatever it is and say this lady she's catholic so all catholics must suck or she's mormon <laughs> and so it's the mormon. Like how how sure. how do you think someone can make that distinction to to be able to remain despite maybe not agreeing with everything that goes on inside the building
1: yeah and i think you know that's such a good question because i think we hold leaders up to sometimes like uh uh, to a reality that that's never going to happen like it's not going to exist right we hold politicians it's an impossible standard to, to a standard that you know we we wouldn't we wouldn't be able to live up to ourselves either right because i mean it's like gee, he who was out sin throw the first stone, right? I mean, right. I'd have to drop the rock right there. Oh, we're like, chucking no, rocks, though. You know, we love to chuck well, rocks. Man, we look like Joe Montana <laughs> chucking rocks at everybody. You know what I mean? You know, uh, looking like Justin Fields, go Bears! <laughs> yep. You know, uh, yep. chucking rocks at everybody. And it's 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 crazy how how much of a pedestal we put people on sometimes. And I think that you know, some people there, there are some people that put themselves on that pedestal, and there are some people that. They want they want the the honor and the power and whatever that is the fame or whatever awkward whatever mm-hmm. you know but i think there's a lot i think the most people just generally want to help their congregations just generally want to help the families you know i've been a pastor and i can tell you that while i was pastoring my heart was for the families you know we we never took salary you know we've been my wife and i've been doing ministry for over 18 years we never took salary. We never took payment. Um, we Everything was volunteer. You know, we the the nights that we were there painting churches and setting up chairs and trying to figure out sound systems and microphones and getting electrocuted because we're putting things in the wrong socket or whatever, you know, just, I mean, just the church planning, church-leading journey, right? And there's a lot of things that people don't see. All they see is who this person is on the stage, right? And, and we put people to such a high standard that— I think sometimes it's 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 not fair because, you know, when I was leading a church, I would tell people all the time, you know, I'm not perfect. I, I, I am here because of grace, because of mercy. I'm, um, you know, I'm the one that's got an encyclopedia of sins against him. Like if anybody is looking for a professional sinner, that was me. Like, you know, um, I don't always do what I should do. I don't always say what I should say. It's almost like the Apostle Paul, you know, said, why is it that the things that I want to do, I don't do? And the things that I don't want to do, I do. Right? Because we all have a struggle. We're all, everybody is battling something. Everybody is struggling with something, including church leaders, including, uh, you know, political Candidates. Everybody is struggling with something. We try to. We we live in a culture now that I think is is it makes it more unfair because now everybody everything is on social media. You know, if I say something wrong on this podcast, someone is going to slice me and clip it and blast it. Clip me and 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 you know they'll they'll do what they need to do and whatever do it. I don't care. You know, but when we hold people to that standard, it's it's dangerous because it's almost like we're looking sometimes i believe we have to acknowledge that people are people and everybody deserves to be loved congregation and leader i think sometimes we're looking for a scapegoat because sometimes maybe we're just trying to we're trying to find an excuse to continue um doing what we want to do we don't we don't we don't like religion we don't like people telling us what to do and especially in this culture now nobody wants to be told what to do you know i don't i don't want to work this job because i don't want to be bossed around by anybody you know surprise like you're working <laughs> that's, you know, life. The, that's that's how it goes you know what i mean and, yep. and and we've i think there's a lot of good things happening in this culture but i think one of the things that is dangerous is that everything is so exposed you know if, if if somebody sneezes you know people across town have already heard about it and it's like and 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 now it's creating stories and dialogue about it and i can't tell you how many stories i heard about me like as a pastor that i was like wow i did that i didn't even know i did news that. to you me <laughs> know? i mean so many storylines and so many you know and then you do with people that are i'm unhappy because you know the coffee was hot i'm unhappy because the coffee was cold it's cold i'm unhappy because it's too hot in here it's too cold in here i'm gonna go find another church because your fan don't work you know i'm gonna the music's too loud it's not loud enough you know and and there's the majority of church leaders i believe really care about people and we're just trying to, we're just trying to, we just want to see people connect with God. Yeah, everybody is the doing their the best. Yeah. E-
0: everybody is doing their best. But I think we do a tremendous job at judging everything. Yeah. We, you, we go to church to judge. Like, we're professionals. We're professional judgers. We don't go just with an open heart, an open mind. To see where I can serve someone, what can I learn? For sure, you know what what message can I pick up on that can, in some How way, improve my life? Yes, we're going to, like you said, complain about stuff or find something that's not good. So I think that's where it starts. Yep. Because when you seek the negative, you find it. Yep. You're always going to find it. Always, yep. no matter where you go. There's no perfect circumstance. If that's what you're looking for, you're going to find it.
1: Exactly. You go and, to you go to a restaurant, right? And if i'm being skeptical at the beginning i'm gonna find 10 things wrong with that restaurant
0: every time every single time it's so true and you mentioned the the other point right the other reason why i've found that people leave is because they find church too restrictive yep they 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 don't like like you said to be told what to do they disagree with the limitations of Mm -hmm. don't do this don't do this and especially here in America where liberty and justice for all, you, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like there's this idea of absolute freedom. Yes. Which is a myth. It doesn't exist. There is no absolute freedom. Absolutely. I can't go out and just do whatever I want. Exactly. Like society has has rules and regulations boundaries. For, for a reason. There yes. are boundaries, there are things that I cannot do regardless of what I want to do. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Uh, but we, we fail to to realize that and we don't like those limitations put on us. Um, to that you say, what, how, how do you contextualize commandments, you know, certain things that we're not supposed to do? How do you not see it as a limitation on your freedoms versus something that brings value to your life when you abide by those rules? Yeah.
1: You know, I think, I think everything thrives, um, lives and dies on relationship. Right. Um, that's that's to me. Jesus came to offer relationship, and 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 we have stigmas and stereotypes about church, like I was talking about with Ray before before we started this, and we make church this big scary thing because we think this is going to be a building full of rules and regulations, and they're not going to let me be me. I'm not going to be able to express myself, um, and the coffee's too hot. You know, whatever. <laughs> um, everything lives and dies on relationship. I don't think my wife would be cool if we had absolute freedom in in our relationship. Right? There's boundaries. <laughs> There's things that you can do, things you can't do. There's things you can say, and things you can't say. You know, she asks, "How do I look in this?" You better say she look amazing. <laughs> you better, pro like, tip. you know, you better, pro tip, pro guys. Tip, like you, the next one gonna be about marriage and relationships, right? Yes, sir. But you better say she look amazing, and. and it don't matter if you mean it or not. You just do it. That's your job as a husband. You're the best, babe. Ain't nobody like you. Man, I don't know what I did to earn you, right? And, and it lives and dies on relationship. There's boundaries in relationship. I think people sometimes have confused a relationship with God with a relationship with church. Like I have to be, I have to be married now to this label of church. Let me, to me and, and who I am. Jesus didn't come to give us religion. Religion reforms. Jesus came to give us relationship, which transforms, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that we're missing out on so much of what God has for us because we're afraid of the institution that reforms. We don't want to be reformed. I don't want to be put. I don't want to be made a clone of everybody else. (laughs) Neither do I. But there's a relationship aspect to it that Jesus offers you know that that he says um i came to give you life and life in abundance i came that you would flourish and you look at flourish you know you think about prospering you mm-hmm. think about being a good person, you think about flourishing in your relationships, flourishing as a parent with your kids. You see your kids flourishing. You want your kids plugged into church. You want your youth, especially the young people. Like, like I have a passion for youth right now. I think more than I did back when I was a youth pastor, you know, because I, I see and I feel kind of what they're going through. But there's parameters in a relationship. When you and you walk, when you walk into a relationship with God. He gives us those parameters through scripture, right? You know, the same way that there's parameters in your relationship with your spouse or parameters in your relationship with your boss or your brother or your parents, or you don't just show up to your parents. I don't, you know, throwing plates around, go, hey, mom, you know, how you made me nothing to eat, you know, my mom would whoop me with whatever was nearby her at that moment, brooms, which there's a whatever she was, she was a professional at, at, at giving punishment, right? Um, love you, mom. Um, but I think that we have to really emphasize that Jesus didn't come to, to reform us. He came to transform us. He came to say, you're going to go through life. I just want to go through it with you. You're going to go through pain. Let me be with you. You're going to walk through disappointment. I know I was disappointed too. Let me walk with it. Let me walk through it with you. Yeah. You know, you're going to go through highs. Great. Live it up, live your life, be who you feel I called you to be, but don't, Forget to put me in, in the relationship of your life. Whatever religion that is, whatever context, like you say, whatever it be, that's that's what he came to bring. He didn't come to, to, to label us or divide us. Like if you look at like denominations and all that stuff, those were all man-made things. They you are. You know, they were they really all. Are. Thing and then and, and over a difference of opinion of something. I think i think that this should be called this i think it should be called that you know what i hate you denomination (laughs) split church split right there and as people we're funny sometimes we're you know we're awkward sometimes when it comes to this stuff because instead of like really understanding the importance relationship your relating like your relationship with god is your relationship with god tony's relationship with god is your relationship with god and who am i to come as hey you're going to hell I ain't never been in the judgment seat. I don't know what it's going to be like. You know, I've never seen it. I, who am I to say that? It's
0: not our place. It's
1: not our it's place to judge. Never it's been. Not our a, place. And that goes along with the the the, the sister in church that heard us. Sometimes, you know, we. People violate those boundaries and parameters and it hurts because, you know, walking in relationships sometimes is disappointing and it doesn't matter what context of relationship. I've been disappointed by realtors. I've been disappointed by ex coworkers. I've been disappointed by friends in school or, or whatever, like, let's not pretend like disappointment doesn't exist in every other sphere of our life. You know, church is just another sphere that, that exists, but it's something that has the power to really change. Um, well, our, 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 standing point and who we are as people. And, yeah. well, and I think we're missing out on it.
0: I completely agree with that. And what you just said reminds me of, uh, there's a philosopher by the name of Schopenhauer and he writes about something he calls the, um, uh, the porcupine dilemma. So the, uh. the porcupine dilemma, uh, for me applies perfectly to this conversation because he talks about these porcupines that when the winter comes, they get cold. And the way that they can stay warm is they got to huddle close together. But the closer they get these spikes on their back, they poke each other. (laughs) And so then they kind of retreat, but then they get cold. If they're too far apart, they die. So they have to find this, like this balance where they can, they can share enough heat to keep themselves warm without stabbing each other. Right. So he, he talks about the porcupine dilemma. And I feel like that happens a lot in church. Right, because the closer you get to people, you just said it. People might disappoint you. People are imperfect. It's going to happen. So true. But if you completely leave, then so wh- what? are you leaving on the table? Right. What is it that you're that that you're giving up? Exactly. And I've always thought of church commandments or, or rules or whatever as like traffic signals. Right. You said Christ. You know, he came. He didn't. You know, come to judge everybody you know he, he came to give us life but at the same time he left us warnings exactly of like i mean if there's a stop sign can i speed through it yes i can something bad might happen there's right
1: there a consequence
0: of it? Is there a yeah. consequence yeah like if i just go out and have sex with everyone like can i do it sure but the the probability of something bad happening it's not great if exactly. i if i go do drugs or i'm out drinking can I do these things? Can I be out partying? And sure. sure, Yes, you can. You have free will. You're not obligated to to do anything, but just like the do not enter sign or the one way sign or the red light. If you go that way, even though you can, the probability of something bad happening is high. And so
1: how many people don't get like something you're just saying right now, how many people don't get mad or aren't mad at God, but they're mad at God over their own consequences. Like it was they, your decision they, they that put you in that, in that place,
0: in life, right? Me and me and Ray were just talking about that before of a situation that we're going through where someone makes a decision and then they don't like the consequence and now they're suffering. And now It's
1: God's fault. Like, and
0: now, I mean, and now they're, they're in a place where they are lamenting the decision when that, that was your decision. Yeah. You know, you consciously made that choice For sure. and now you don't like the consequence and sometimes you can't go back.
1: It's so true. And I, and, and we live, we live with disappointment and we live with that consequence and we're, we, we made the choice to do it. And now it's like, um, God's punishing me. This must be God punishing me. And Take it's God. like, no, like, <laughs> you know, you, you reap what you sow. I'm a big believer in what you plant, you know, if you plant, if you plant apples, and get grapes, you better check what you planted, right? Because you're gonna reap what you sow. And mm-hmm. if you reap things, like you say, you can do things, you can drive. I can drive hundred and twenty miles an hour, you know, back to Ogden right now. Probably not the safest, and there may be a consequence to it if UHP sees me, you know? And how am I gonna sit there and blame God for that though? Like you put that you put that officer there, you know. And now I'm mad at you. I'm not going to church anymore. I'm going to, like, what do you think about this? Like, I think about church and I think about, Jesus said these words, like, he who wants to be the greatest must be the one who serves, must be the least of these. Knowing Jesus said that, you know, when you think about a person's heart when they walk into a church, because we talked about the skeptic and we talk about, like, sometimes we, like I do, I'm I'm a skeptic. If I go out to eat somewhere, I'm, I We're do. We're checking I ch- reviews. I, ch- I, check, I check cleanliness. Checking I look reviews. at reviews on <laughs> Yelp, right? Yeah. I'm looking I'm looking how clean it is. I'm looking at the service. You know, I think that there's there's nothing wrong with that. But I think when we're coming into in in our relationship with God coming into a church, you know, we really have to check our heart and really be like, Am I am I there? Am I there to be blessed or am I there to be a blessing to people? Mm. Is my heart is my heart here for myself? What can you give me? Or is my heart here to like, how can I serve the house?
0: And everybody's going, what can you give me? Exactly. And when, and we when the package culture. you receive isn't a hundred percent what you wanted, that's when it's like, Bleh.
1: I'll go to the church down the street. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, their package ain't going to have everything you want to so see. Then you go to the church now on the next street, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I believe that God makes different kinds of churches for different kinds of people. And I believe there's a the right church for, for everybody out there. Right. Um, if you haven't found it yet, go visit other churches oh that's that's so critical find find your tribe find people that are like you Mm -hmm. that that are going to speak into your life that are going to love you that are going to walk through imperfection with you like that's important but when you find that place you know don't don't be expecting the butler to come and show Be like hey how can I serve you you know it's like walking with a heart of, of of servanthood walk in the heart like how can I serve this place too i'm here I'm, I'm here to be spoken and blessed but i also want to be a blessing i also want to be generous i also want to be you know how can i help this house right and i think that sometimes we 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 confuse business with with spirituality you know we confuse business with church like church isn't a starbucks right and and church isn't you know the, the restaurant that i'm going to go and critique like you know they're not going to give me a bill at the end of service but like, here you go this is what you you know church is a place where we go find hope and how many people don't need hope nowadays? I mean, look at our world today and everything that's happening. People living on ex- with anxiety at an all time high. People taking anything, prescriptions, drugs, whatever, just to feel peace, just to be able to sleep at night. Like so many people are looking for that place where they can, where they can find home, where they can find peace, where they can find themselves again. And that place exists. Don't let one person don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Don't let one person, because every church has that one person. Every church that I've ever been to had that one person that was always mad or critiqued your outfit or, you know, didn't like your kids or always complaining about something. Guess what? Everybody has that. That's okay. You know, just like every job has that coworker. That's okay. Yeah.
0: But imagine what, what would happen if everybody in the building went in with that mentality of wanting to serve someone else. Yeah. It would solve all the problems Yeah, because you're in there looking for hope. I strongly believe one of the reasons why we struggle with mental health and anxiety and depression is because we don't know how to cope with life. Like sure. th- these aren't things that anybody teaches you. They don't teach it in school stress management, you know, crucial conversations. How do you you know, deal with just what is inevitably going to come your way? So because we don't know how to deal with it and we don't have support systems in place, we feel lonely. Exactly. And because we feel lonely, we turned all of these different things. But that's where I think that church can really come in. And if you contextualize it correctly can absolutely fill that void. For because sure. if, if there's a room of people that genuinely want to help, exactly they're, they're not going to have all the answers, but they really just out of a good place of their heart, they want to contribute. They want to help. Exactly. That can be the place where you can learn those skills. You can ask questions and you can find the support that you need. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be the prescription drugs, No, you know? And there's, there are a lot of folks that, turn to that, not because they have a mental illness. I think that t- the two things are very separate. Yeah. One thing is mental illness, which is very real. I mean, your For brain sure. doesn't sure. work. Like there's something sure. wrong with your brain versus I just don't know how to cope. For sure. Like those two things are wildly different. Yep. And if you have a mental illness, treat it a thousand percent, yes. but there are a lot of folks that it's not a mental illness. It's that we don't know how to cope but we're trying to fix it as if it were a mental illness yes. and it makes it, it perpetuates the cycle. Yes, And so that's where I think that a lot of that happens because we don't have these support systems. And I, I genuinely believe that whatever church it is, like you said, whatever fits you, I strongly believe that that can be the place where you can find the support For that sure. that you need.
1: And I think that, you know, there's, there's a scripture that says that, you know, a house divided itself, you know, won't stand, it'll fall. Right. <laughs> I think isolation is also really dangerous because i think that sometimes isolating ourselves puts in us puts us in a position where i mean for example we i remember we we moved to texas back in um 2011. you know 20 2010 2011 we just lost our house to foreclosure back in that market Mm -hmm. our little townhouse we lost to foreclosure you know moved to san antonio and we're in san antonio we're just looking how to cope we're just looking for hope we just needed to to breathe different air for a little bit and and Um, We had some really good friends up there that were doing church and doing some stuff. Because of the relationships we had, you know, they ended up repossessing our car. We didn't have a car. And that's a whole other story I could Mm -hmm. tell you, you know, in another time. Like a crazy story when they repossessed our car. Um, But we're their car with no car. My, My daughters are like two and four at this at this stage you know i'm looking for a job we're trying you know we got an apartment but we're trying to like how are we going to make it like we had 20 to to live for like two weeks like at that time and i remember that like like you know like yesterday like just the feeling of that like trying to cope trying to, like man how am i going to get through this right and i think there's so many people maybe in various degrees are trying to cope with something but because of the relationships i had through church um I had two people coming off of their car. My brother-in-law drove all the way from Hobbs, New Mexico and said, Hey, here's my blazer. Y'all use it, whatever you need to do. He ended up staying with us. Another guy from church said, Hey, I got this, this old Volkswagen Jetta. Right. I used to call it La Mosca because it was just black <laughs> and it just made this sound like, eee. you know, I was burning tire all through San Antonio in the Mosca. You know what I mean? And so it was, uh, but because of those relationships, it helped cope you know there was another friend that came and said hey i just felt to you know y'all needed some groceries brought us groceries and things like that you know i'm not i'm not going to sit here and say the church is going to be perfect it's not it's not but there's a difference between being isolated and and i think sometimes life isolates people wants to isolate people because it wants to disconnect you from something that it knows can help you um relationships that can help you. Maybe just having a conversation. How, m- how, how much of a blessing isn't it when you're going through something, be able to sit with somebody like at a coffee shop and just talk about life. Just yeah, it makes a
0: it. tremendous difference. I mean, my mother-in-law, she's she's a single mom. Uh, and she's very active in her church. And she leans heavily on her church community. Yeah. If, if there's an issue, something busts in her house, like she'll call... You know, a member of the church, the, if, the, if the brother who's the it, plumber, the brother, or if she's struggling, like she'll go, she'll she'll talk to her bishop, like for sure. She sees it as, in my opinion, she sees it for what it is. Yeah. She sees it as a community. Uh, you know, she's always talking about sometimes there are certain ladies that have issues, and she's like, I don't understand why that happens. Like yeah. she she really has a the proper context of it. So when I listen to her speak and I see the way that she interacts. That's what it's supposed to be about. I was blessed with very good leaders growing up. Very good. I remember going on camping trips and activities and, you know, that really shaped who I am today. And I want my son to have that that same exact experience, right? Uh, But if I remove him from that environment based on my issues and my own insecurities, I don't think that's fair, Mm -hmm. right? Because I'm... Robbing him of, you know, when he's older, he can make his own, his own decision. Exactly. But when I was growing up, it helped me tremendously. Yeah. And so I feel like a lot of times we make the mistake of making decisions yes. for our children. Um, and, and like I said, I had a tremendous experience, so I, I would wish that he would have the same. And I wouldn't want to rob him of that before he has a chance to choose. Yes. Uh, of something that could bring value to his life. That's, a, that's such good stuff.
1: You know, because we, we we hear things like all the time, especially in society and culture, like stronger together. You know, we're we're better together, but you have to be willing to be together,
0: though. You got to be a team that, player. Like,
1: like let's just, let's just let's just let's just get that out there. Like yeah. we're stronger together, but you have a responsibility to make the decision to be part of the together, though.
0: It's the porcupine dilemma. You
1: have, you have the decision to make. Say, <laughs> I do, you know, I know it's going to be imperfect, mm-hmm. but I need some people in my. Life. I need some good people in my life because I want my daughters to have the same thing. My daughter's fifteen. I grew up with brothers. I didn't have sisters. So this is like a whole new world to me, right? I'm like fighting off boys left and right, you know, whatever. Like, you know, what you looking at, sir? Don't be looking at her. She's 15, right? Walking to Walmart, just looking. I'm not even shopping anymore. I'm just like looking it's at people. Supervising. Like, hey, hey. Hey, you. The milk's over there. Hey, get over there, right? And because I want my daughter to have some of the experience I had growing up in, in church. You know, I grew up, I grew up really... Anxious. I didn't have, I, you know, I didn't have a lot of confidence. Um, there was a lot of fear, and I think a lot of that was from the dysfunction that I grew up in. But when I started going to church and having relations, I was able to feel like I could, I could share stuff. And I, then I realized through sharing stuff, so I wasn't the only one going through that. Um, somebody else was going through that, or somebody had been through that, right? Um, I think it's so important that that young people, especially. Get, be able to get plugged in to church and be able to get plugged into community because man look at the world that they're living in right now like i remember growing up my biggest problem was getting home before the sun went down right we was playing outside all the time we would we would wake up and beg our parents can i go play outside like we was outside all day every day drinking from the water hose <laughs> you know riding bikes doing all the throwing rocks at each other you know causing trouble whatever it was you know but it was a beautiful childhood when we went to school Right? Now I'm just gonna, you know, talking about young people. We went to school, like, there was stuff that happened at school. There were bullies and there was all that stuff. You know, there was drama, fights, whatever. But when you went home, you were able to turn it off and just be at home and just be at peace. And you weren't exposed to like everything. How hard is it for kids nowadays though? That stuff still exists. But now because of cell phones and social media and technology, that's like they're constantly connected. They're constantly being drained because they deal with the stuff that happens at school. They go home and now so-and-so's talking about them on social media. And now you got this other person that's, talk- that's that's starting lies about them over here. And now they're just like on social media, just like plugged in and they're just being drained and drained and drained. I think that having having a community of people like going camp, man, well, I went and rode horses a couple weeks ago, Tony. Like horses, I never rode a horse before. People that come from where I come from, we don't ride horses, right? I'm from the hood, man. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm from the hood, like straight up central Ogden, hood. You know. um, I remember riding a horse, and, and we were down in Hatch, Utah, and I got on this horse. I was like, this is weird. But the, but I needed to do it because I wanted my daughters to experience it, right? I sit on this thing, man. I don't know if you've ever seen the rodeo on ESPN. I used to be like, I could do that eight seconds. <laughs> No problem. <laughs> you know, I sat on that horse. I was like, "Nah, nah I'm out. <laughs> nah, that thing's all muscle. Like that." <laughs> yeah, and is. then you're sitting kind of high. I was like, "Nah, mad respect for the cowboys and cowgirls out there that do this, right?" But it was an experience my daughters were able to do because of the relationships that we had in our life. It was an experience that they're able to take now. For the they can say when they're thirty, forty. I rode a horse, you know, back in Hatch, Utah, down in. You know nowhere utah <laughs> nowhere but it was beautiful out there man and so i think it's important for young people especially if you if you're a parent and you got young people they need community they need to disconnect they're being drained all day every especially if they have social media all day every day man and it's scary it's scary to it can to be live in
0: that world yeah man. it absolutely can be so i think that we need to to recognize the inability that our society has to cope with, with issues yes. and try to just give our kids more tools, yes, just more tools in their toolbox. Uh, and I think that if we can, if, if we can recognize that religion is not perfect,
1: Mm-mm. but it's good, yes,
0: you know what I mean? Yep. It's good. And in the same way that going to the gym will help you get fit faster or better, than doing it at home. I mean, could you, could you get ripped at home? Maybe like, yeah, (laughs) maybe, but there's just so many more tools in the gym gym to help you do that. So So you you need to put yourself in that place so that in the same way, if we compare, you know, physical fitness to spiritual fitness, that you need to be in the place where you can have the most tools at your disposal to be Mm -hmm. able to, to accomplish that goal. So what would you say? To someone, uh, that is struggling right now, be it a teenager, young adult, or even somebody older, but just somebody that maybe was active at one time and they've just drifted away and now they're struggling in life, but maybe they don't want to go back either because they're fear that they're going to be judged or they're just something holding them back, Yeah. but they really do need some help.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, that I, I, I thank you for that question because I, I think there's a lot more people that are asking that question than, than, we, than we acknowledge. There's a lot of people that want to ask that, but they're afraid to ask it. They're afraid because if I ask that question, you're going to pull me to your church with you, right? Or you're going to, like, you're going to show up in my house every week, and I ain't trying to cook for y'all every week. So, you know, I would say this. I would say, like, understand that God loves you. And he loves you entirely. The good, the bad and the ugly. When I when I found my relationship with God, um, I had I had done so much stuff, man. I mean I I, I could we would be here like for the next year every day talking about it if but I was broken, I was dysfunctional, I was angry, I was insecure, um had a lot of anxiety, fearful. Apart from just trying to deal with like the the other things of life, um, trying to find direction, trying to find purpose, trying to find meaning. And I know that there's a lot of people that are feeling that way right now. They just want to find they want to find hope. They want to find purpose. They want to find meaning. They want to find love. They want to find their squad, their tribe, people that are going to be there for them. And 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 there's nothing wrong you know there's so many that's available to so many people like you know there's people that go hiking together biking to do all these things together and church is another one of those things I think that carries the most power to be able to help people families young people transform so I would say this I would say I was at pray start with the prayer everything is a process right and the most important aspect again is relationship religion you know, reforms, but Jesus came to transform. He came to, he doesn't, he doesn't want to dictate. He just wants to walk with you. And I think sometimes we, we confuse that. We think if I have God in he wants to dictate everything. He going to be the boss, you know, whatever. Well, I mean, he did create you, you know, uh, according to, to my beliefs.
0: He knows a little um, something,
1: something. He knows a little something he formed me, <laughs> you know, Psalm says he formed me in the woman, my mother. You know, um, there's some people that believe we came from monkeys hey, you got, you're free to believe that. Not me, you know. I'm too handsome to come from that, (laughs) you know, whatever. (laughs) But the reality is, is that everything's a process. I would say pray, just ask God for, he's available. Like it doesn't have to be at a church house. It doesn't have to be, it just has to be from your heart. Because, you know, funny story real quick, if we got time. I remember when I, when I, that, when I found, when I found Jesus, like that day, my parents are going to church, and they're religious, and they're doing their thing. And I was like, eh. I remember the, this week so so vividly. I was like, this whole church thing is a scheme. They're just trying to get money out of people. And I was going to, like, this atheist-like rebellious stage, right? And um, I was like, this whole thing is a sham, man. Like, whatever. You know, it's." I remember going to church that day because I play music. So we went to church that day. We played our set. I knew, I, knew the, I knew the functions, the pastor was going to come up and speak for an hour. At that time, I went home to go see the football game. No joke, no lie. God knows it's true. You know, I went to go see the score of the football game, ate a little something. I'm like, oh, I better get back to church. The pastor's about to be done. The musician's about to go back up. I, I don't want to be missing. You know, whatever. I go back. A week before this had happened, I asked God, if you're real, show me. Like, I want to know you're real not not from people not from churches not from just from you individually right me and you creator creator to creation creation to creator and then i ask that question then i go through this whole atheist like whatever this is a sham stage that day i didn't earn it i didn't merit it i had gone home to watch the football game and see the scores and i encountered A love so profound. Something hit me that day like a ton of bricks that changed my life permanently, and I've never been the same since that day. It hit me so hard that it changed the way that I thought. It changed the way that I felt. It changed the way that I loved. It changed everything inside of me from the inside out. I had this experience with God that just, I mean, it just bombarded me in a good way. Since that day, like I've never been the same. I've never, I never been. You know, I was struggling with some things back then. You know, going like you going to bars, clubs, doing all this stuff, and that day I was like, Nah, I want to. You know, if you say I know what the world has to offer, but I want to see what you have to offer. Not, not, not again. Not so much, in, but in our relationship with Him. So that's why I say, like, pray. It doesn't matter what you're going through. You don't have to merit it. We're not worthy of it anyway. The Bible says that even on our best days, the religion, our, our acts are like filthy rags before the Lord. So we're never, we're never going to do anything where he's going to love us more or, or love us like he loves us already like crazy. The same way that a father loves their kids. I love my daughters. My daughters can do no wrong by me. They got my love. And they live and they live from my love they don't live trying to earn my love
0: i think that is key say say that again for the people in the back
1: they they live like like i i i heard it but it it like hit me so hard because as a father you know like i think that 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 just grows your experience and knowledge of god right Mm -hmm. i knew god but then when i saw my daughter born i was like oh shoot like this is my daughter and my love like just grew and i was like how much more doesn't god love us if i love my kid this much how much more does our not creator love us, right? But the thing is, my kids don't, they don't live trying to earn my love. They live from my love. They know that I'm going to love them regardless. They know that they, don't, they, they ain't got to go home and do the dishes. Hey, Dad, I did the dishes. Do you love me anymore? No, nah, I already loved you. Dad, I'm, I got straight A's. Do you love me anymore? No, nah, I already loved you. Dad, I, 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 I didn't fight with my sisters today. I didn't argue. I, I treated my mom with respect. Do you love me anymore? No, nah, I already loved you. Now, I'm glad you did those things, but my love is never going to be in question for you. And I think that's the way God's love is for us. It's never in question for us. Yes, we're perfect. Yes, we can be ugly to each other. Yes, we're weird. Yes, sometimes there's weird things that happen in church. But it should never be a question of God's love for his creation. And I think that that's where we're trying to live, earning things. No, just live from God's love. He already loves you. He already loves you. He... He's like, live your life. You're not going to disappoint me. I love you too much. You're going to mess up, and I'm going to be there. I won't ever leave you nor forsake you. Yeah, so. I love
0: that. I think that is a tremendous start of just pray and just try to try to get just, just a little bit closer. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm going to make a big statement coming from Utah, but I 100% believe this. And I know that there are people that listen to my show that may benefit from this, but you're not Mormon, right? No, all right. And you consider that you've found Christ, that you have a relationship with God. Yes. And you're not Mormon. Not Mormon. And you achieve this without being Mormon. Correct. Without being Mormon. So, and the reason why I say this here in Utah is I believe there's more than one way.
1: Yeah.
0: I, I just do. Like we've talked about different different congregations, different churches, different. You know, I remember when I was uh, serving my mission, there was like Baptist church and they were all about the music yeah. and they were like bumping, you know, and then other ones were like super quiet. For sure. And so whatever you're into, but we live in Utah where the Mormon culture is very heavy. Yeah. It's, it's just a real thing, Yeah. but it's not the only way. And I, some people might disagree with that, but I believe it because I've seen it. Yeah. I've, I've seen people like yourself, other people that I have met that are not part of the LDS church. Yeah. And they have a relationship with God. So that tells me something, right? Like it doesn't have to be just like this. It's just this way or the highway. Like I, I I just, I don't, I don't believe that. I, I, I don't buy into that. And some people might disagree, but the point that I want to get across is if you feel isolated from a certain group or whatever it is, it's not about the church membership. It's about the relationship with Christ. Yes. It's two yes. different things, right? Yes. And I always go back to the stupid fitness example because that's just my <laughs> lens. I, there are different gyms. Yeah, I can go to VASA. I can go to EOS. I can go wherever. Yep. It's about getting fit. It's not about which building I walk into. Exactly. So I say that just because from personal experiences and being in Utah and a lot of my audience is from Utah, yeah. um, there's more than one way.
1: You know, and I I love my Mormon brothers and sisters. I have such a good relationship with so many people across religious boundaries. And I think sometimes we we put ourselves in that judgment seat, like you said earlier. Like we want to be the ones. No, they're saved. They're not saved. This is real. This is not real. You know, Scripture says that His ways are higher than our ways, and His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. I there's no way that I could that I can know who's going to be, you know, saved or not saved. Like God. That's God's job. My job is to be a light in my community in every aspect that I touch, right? I'm just trying to be a light. I'm just trying to be a help. Um, you know, I, I, I think that relationship though, the, you know our relationship and the way the reason I say prayer because your relationship here is gonna, is going to bring the relationship here. And you're going to find people that, are, you know, by, by praying, you're going to find people. God, I, I believe God's going to move and He's going to guide you and He's going to direct you to the right church and to the right people. He, he will guide you. So when you ask God for help, He will help you. He will step in and He will say, I, I got you. I got you. The same way that if my daughter was asking for help, am I going to just like sit there and watch like ask 50 more times? Okay, now 100 more. <laughs> Let me check your holiness. Uh, let's see no, if you qualify. Let's see if you qualify now with God. There's no prequel needed. Mm-hmm. You're already qualified. He already loved. You're already accepted. You're already blessed. You're already his child. You just have to be able to not allow the institutions to dictate that they are powerful. And like you say, they, you know, finding church, it takes your relationship with God even deeper. Mm-hmm. I believe finding the right church, finding the right house, the right people, um, but God doesn't say, "I'm going to love you when you go to church." He says, "I love you already," mm-hmm. and I've got some people over here waiting that are lo- that would are, that I've got that I prepared to help you in your journey. And so, I think that that that's um, it's a good start, you know just just to be able to have the heart to say, "God, I need your help."
0: Yeah, you know, I need and you. And everybody needs that. And I think that it it has to become more of a more of a priority. Yeah, you know, there are different aspects of someone's life. We've got our mental health, we have our physical health, mm-hmm. you know, we have our relationships, but there has to be this deeper consideration around your spiritual health, Yeah, whatever that means for you. So, yeah. Luis, thank you so much uh, oh. for, for sitting down with me talking about thank religion. I've, I've been wanting to have this conversation for a long time. Uh, I feel like it's one that is desperately needed yes. in today's day and age. Um, I follow you on social. I know that you put, you know, spiritual content. Where can people find you? How can people plug into uh, you? Tell us a little bit.
1: For now, for sure, you know, uh, I'm on Instagram, uh, Luis Salcedo. I think it's Luis underscore B underscore. Yeah. But they can find me. You yeah, know, we'll put babe. it in the show notes. And, uh, you know, but email LB Saucedo, gmail.com, you know, any, if you have any questions or maybe you need help finding a place or maybe you just need prayer. Don't hesitate. I, I love praying for people. I'm one of those people that that I don't I'm not you know I don't I don't play church like I just want to see you win I want to see you thrive and so anybody listening you need prayer don't hesitate to message me DM me um you know i'm more happy to be here and man thank you so much for allowing me to be here. this has been always awesome. my first podcast man. First podcast first awesome. podcast number it, one it
0: will not be the last no. all of my peeps that are listening to have podcasts talk to this man no, i think get it's...
1: on this podcast <laughs> if, if, if tony asked you to get on you, uconn ray and tony are the best golden-hearted people and man thank you so
0: much thank you so much lise i appreciate you this has been another edition of the ask tony show Till next time guys